3: NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: It's Wednesday, May 17th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast.
3: is the unmistakable voice of today's special guest. He was drafted by the Bills in the second round of the 1994 NFL Draft. In his playing career, he also rocked the colors of the Packers, the Jags, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. His time as a player and then a scout make him one of the best, if not the best, talent, evaluators, in the biz. He's a podcaster. He's a writer, an analyst, a voice of Jags Radio, and a keen predictor of NFL outcomes. He's William Eldridge. Brooks does some of his best work under the alias Bucky Brooks. Welcome back to the pod, Buck.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me.
3: I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, Bucky's going to predict the schedules of his Jags and his bills. That's on the way, but first... Let's take a closer look at the NFL schedule. I will hit you with some rapid-fire questions. Take as long as you need for the answers. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Bucky Brooks, what is the QB matchup, the quarterback matchup, on the 2023 calendar that you simply can't wait to see?
4: Okay, so we're going to go off the grid. We're not going to do the normal stuff. Everyone's going to talk about the top quarterbacks. And I'm going to have a top quarterback, Justin Herbert, taking on Russell Wilson. And the reason why is a mix of new and old. The new top five quarterback is Justin Herbert. Everyone has talked about him. Uh, There's an expectation that his game will go up a notch with Kellen Moore throwing the ball all over the yard. The old is Russell Wilson. And can Sean Payton teach the old dog a few new tricks? And so I want to see how Russell Wilson bounces back from the worst season of his career, how he connects with Sean Payton, and what kind of magic they can make in Denver.
3: So circle the date, says Bucky Brooks. In fact, let's circle two dates. The first date, week 14. That is across the street at SoFi Stadium, Chargers and Broncos. And then week 17, the second to last, the penultimate week of the regular season at Mile High, Chargers, Broncos, Herbert, Wilson. That's the quarterback matchup that you should be talking about that you're not Talking about so, says Bucky Brooks. He had Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen in week one. He had Rodgers and Mahomes. Mahomes versus Hurts. He had Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. And he went Wilson versus Herbert. And you know what? I'm sold. Next topic, T-H-R-E-A-T threat. The biggest threat to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC. Bucky Brooks is who? America's team.
4: America's team is the biggest threat because, one, the Philadelphia Eagles have to see the Cowboys twice to win the division. The Dallas Cowboys are a team that has always been in the conversation to win the NFC East. Last year they took a step back, but some could say that Dak Prescott's injury caused them to take a step back. Really excited about the Cowboys now because Mike McCarthy steps up. He takes over play calling for Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was bouncing down with the Chargers. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl as an offensive play calling head coach with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, there are some defensive coordinators in the league who regard him as one of the best play callers and strategists in the game, even though he's been kind of smudged by his former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And so now to see him leading the Cowboys offense, building the offense in the vision that he sees fit for the talent that they have, and the talent is there. You have CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. Uh, you have Michael Gallup. You have the running game that has been set up for success. Uh, This is a team that should be ready to rock. I think they're ready to go. And don't forget about Dan Quinn
3: and the defense. But clearly, you are not as worried as others seem to be about the absence of Dalton Schultz and the absence, the potential absence, if he does not return, of Zeke Elliott.
4: I mean, Zeke Elliott is a big part of the puzzle uh, in terms of what he used to do for this team. Now, the problem was the price tag was too high for what you were getting, if he comes back at a much lower rate, he comes back on a veteran deal that is a little over the minimum. Yeah, he, he brings value. He brings value because his intelligence, his toughness uh, kind of sets the tone for the offense. Even though people say that his skills are diminishing, he is just kind of that guy that they need. And when you think about championship teams, there are always a handful of glue guys on the squad. Ezekiel Elliott is a glue guy. So we'll see if he returns, but if he's not there, then it's about trying to find a way to get Tony Pollard up and going. Can he have another explosive year? Even though he doesn't have the luxury of being kind of the the side entree, he now is the main
3: meal. He's the steak on the plate. Translation, so says Bucky Brooks, items in your rearview mirror are closer than they appear that is a warning to you philadelphia eagles nation and that team that is closer than they appear that's the dallas cowboys they play each other in weeks 9 and 14 the first game is in philly the second game is at AT at&t stadium in dallas cannot wait for those contests this season bucky i can't let you go on this subject without asking you what is it about the cowboys that gives them the edge here in terms of getting closer to the Eagles. What gives them the edge over many people's pick, the San Francisco 49ers?
4: Uh, I would say the edge is due to the stability and consistency uh, within the program. Yes, Mike McCarthy moves in for Kellen Moore, but he's been there the whole time. He now gets to do it the way that he sees fit. But this is year three of Dan Quinn really having his hands all over the defense. That continuity, that chemistry, and frankly, an upgrade in personnel gives me
3: the confidence
4: that they can inch past the competitors to be the team that everyone talks about in the NFC.
3: Does the uncertainty at quarterback in San Francisco worry you? Uh,
4: It has to worry you. You talk about potentially, um, we're listening on the West Coast and people are talking about Sam Darnold being the starting quarterback. I think if you go back and ask the Carolina Panthers, you ask the New York Jets, there's
3: no one who had that on their bingo card. So the Cowboys were the fifth seed in the playoffs last year. You see them potentially being the fifth seed again if they can't, overcome the eagles in that nfc east but you see them in terms of talent and in terms of playing their best football when they need to most maybe being their stiffest challenge in the playoffs oh i
4: think so you think about the bitterness of the rivalry you think about the talent how well these guys know each other yes it's a lot but also the philadelphia eagles have changed everywhere new defensive coordinator elevated offense coordinator so two new voices in the front of the room That,
3: you can't underestimate how that could play on the fabric of this team. Is that the biggest story of the offseason that we are not talking about? Because you saying that right there makes me feel like it is.
4: Yeah, no, we haven't talked about it. It's one of the things we just assume that because they have all the talent, Howie Roseman has kind of won the offseason,
3: that they're going to do what they've always done. Just got to be careful, assuming that that's the way it's going to go down. Uh, Translation, uh, the voices in the room, the coaching, the scheme, the approach, matters a whole hell of a lot more than we realize, especially in May. It's May 17th. Mark this down. The Eagles may be in trouble, not for reasons of roster, for reasons of coaching. We'll talk about that one when it's appropriate. Next topic, warning signs like the yellow diamond sign off the side of Canyon Roads here in L.A. that say, look out for falling rocks. Our sign says, look out for falling rosters. Bucky, what is the NFC team that is due for a dip, for a drop, for a decline, for a fall from grace? They have to be
4: the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are the team that uh, it's easy to point to. One, last year they won 11 one-score games. The odds of winning that many close games, uh, they tend not to happen back-to-back. So you think that there would be a little bit of a market correction when it comes to their ability to win those tight games. Two, the roster is different. They jettisoned some veteran players. Patrick Peterson is not there. Eric Kendricks is no longer there. Uh, you wonder how much longer Harrison Smith will be able to provide Uh, and impact at safety. You let, you trade away Zadarius Smith to the Browns. Offensively, there's, you know, the word on the street is Dalvin Cook won't be there. And so this is a completely different squad, a squad that is much younger, but also I would say a squad that's not as diverse in terms of the way that they can win games. Offensively, it has to run through Kirk Cousins for better or for worse. And then defensively, it will be up to Brian Flores to kind of move the pieces around the chessboard to create some headaches with
3: pressure and chaos and those things. It cannot be overstated, so let me restate what Bucky just told us. 11 games in 2022, one by one score or less. That means, and Bucky, you said this earlier today, that means that you're getting a lot of bounces going your way. Mm -hmm. You're getting a lot of good luck, a lot of favorable things lined up on your behalf in in one season they're due to shift in the next season and don't forget we're talking about a Vikings team that had the 31st ranked total defense in 2022 the 31st ranked passing defense in 2022. Now look they have bolstered that roster at least with some free agency signings. Uh, cornerback Jawan Williams, linebacker Troy Reader, D-lineman Jonathan Buller D-lineman Dean Lowry, cornerback Byron Murphy Jr. and then in the draft third rounder USC cornerback Makai Blackman. Four rounder lsu safety jay ward and then in the fifth round they picked up lsu nose tackle Jaquelin roy a lot of new faces for the new defensive coordinator brian flores who you name checked a moment ago a lot of work to do in minnesota to prove bucky brooks wrong next topic spy planes as in the nfl team that is most effectively flying under the radar right now bucky brooks who is it and why Man, it's tough because there's so many good teams that are out
4: there and so many teams that are right there in the mix. But how about the Cleveland Browns flying under the how radar? How about the Cleveland Browns? And the reason why we'll say this is there was a lot of, ex- well, measured excitement. Yes. Over Deshaun Watson joining the Cleveland Browns. Without a doubt. Last year. Tang- take away the cloud of all the stuff that was his legal situation as a player he was a top five player the last time we saw him on the field prior to going to Cleveland you now have him linking up with Kevin Stefanski last year whatever the results were during the last half of the season you have to understand Deshaun Watson was knocking off the rust took him a while to kind of find his, his sea legs get his rhythm and those things you will see a much better version of Deshaun Watson this year and You're already beginning to hear about Deshaun Watson having some of the guys over. They're beginning to work out, taking different places, trying to get the chemistry and the connectivity right. So he knows what to do. Now it's about, did they put enough around him? I would say yes. Like the the pieces on the offensive line are cool. The weapons on the outside are good. Uh, Running game in Nick Chubb, he has those things defensively. They've upgraded the defense. So he shouldn't feel the need to go out and be Superman. If he plays within himself and just lets the game come to him, yeah, have a lot of success at quarterback in Carolina.
3: Difficult schedule if you look at the first half. They start the season against the Bengals. They go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Then it's home Titans home game against the Ravens, another home game after their bye week against the Niners. That's a tough road to hoe at the beginning, but the fact is they can really make a statement in Week 2 against the Steelers on the road. They will fully expect to beat the Titans in Week 3. So maybe at the worst you're looking at a 2-3 and start. If they can surprise either the Bengals or the Ravens, you're looking at a 3-2 and start, and then you're looking at a lot of winnable games in that back half of the season for the Browns. So hard to argue with you, Bucky. Not a popular team to talk about and to trumpet right now. But the fact is, the Cleveland Browns, at their best, are a very, very tricky out. Yes, with Deshaun Watson playing quarterback. Next topic, same topic, but a new angle of approach. Which offensive player is flying under the radar right now, silently plotting a season of complete domination?
4: So when I when I sit here and I, I just think about these guys and I think about the players that certainly can do it I'm thinking about Kansas City's Mm. Kadarius Tony and one of the reasons why Kadarius Tony comes up is because last week we heard a conversation come out of Kansas City about him being the number one yep they traded a third round pick to bring him over having watched him last year when the Chiefs took on the Jaguars twice you can see the explosiveness you can see the dynamic playmaking ability but he still hadn't fully been tapped into so they hit him on gadget plays and those things but when you hear Brett Veach talk about he has the characteristics and traits that you look for in no, number one, you're Andy Reid, and you know Andy Reid's resume and history for building guys up, it just makes sense. And as Travis Kelsey continues to age, you would like to think that his production is going to come down. Someone in their wide receiver court is going to pick up his leftovers. It seems like Kadarius Tony will be the guy that gets first dibs on that, and given his talent coming out of Florida, given what he's learned Over the course of the year, leaving New York, going to Kansas City this might be the right time for him to be given a little more responsibility.
3: He left New York and went to Kansas City sort of mid-season, just after the midway point, and in seven games with the Chiefs last season during the regular season, he was targeted 17 times, came down with 14 catches, only two touchdowns, but eight first downs, which I mm-hmm. think to me feels significant. It shows the faith that Patrick Mahomes had in him almost instantly. Then in the playoffs, 10 targets, seven catches, three first downs in the playoffs, and don't forget that crucial touchdown in which game? Oh, you know, the Super Bowl.
4: Quick pass to Tony. He's got it on the edge.
3: Touchdown! One final mission of espionage to carry out, Bucky Brooks. Give me the name of a defensive player who is eluding NFL radars and is lurking with very real and very dangerous intent.
4: Okay, so in the scouting world, they say it takes about three years to determine if a player can can really play at a high level. It takes three years. You to guys probably. always say that. That's the probably. metric. It takes about three years. It takes about... Um, Two and a half years, 35 or so games to get it done. Gregory Russo from the Buffalo Bills. Over the past two years, he's had 12 sacks. He had four sacks his first season, eight sacks a season ago. Now he has an opportunity to really occupy a bigger role on this defense. Von Miller's in place. so he certainly can learn some things from Von Miller. But what we still know is Von Miller commands a lot of attention because of his takeover prowess. When he goes takeover, he takes it over, and he completely destroys and dominates the game. Well, I'm looking at Rousseau, who's a technically refined pass rusher. He can talk you through and walk you through everything that he's thinking about. He has the ability to be a dominant player. And so if I'm going to hang my hat on somebody, I'm going hang my hat on somebody who has shown trending upward sack production, plays hard with football IQ. That's Gregory Rousseau.
3: It is hard to imagine that a six foot, six inch, 266 pound player could be so sneaky, so under the radar. But Bucky may be onto something. Rousseau, as he said, doubled his sack totals from 2021 to 2022, and he did it in four fewer games. So, translation with all eyes on the other side of the line and the imminent return of Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau can make some serious noise.
5: It is sad! Absolutely nailed by Greg Rousseau.
3: You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Bucky Brooks. And the next topic, leaders of the new school. No, not the hip-hop legends led by Busta Rhymes. We're talking NFL rookies, defensive players all destined to dominate in their inaugural NFL campaigns. Bucky, you have four names for us at four different positions. Who are they and why? What you got?
4: So we go uh, inside defensive tackle.
3: The Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Carter.
4: Dominant because he's the best defender in the draft class. Big, fast, physical, super athletic, disruptive at the point of attack. Uh, just shows an impressive grown man strength and slapping and slinging 300 pound bodies at the point of attack. If he is able to move past the incident and some of the things that are
3: trouble him away from the game, he has an opportunity to be an A-level player. Eagles made this Georgia Bulldog the ninth overall pick in the draft. You heard what Bucky just said, though. The best defensive player in the draft. The next person you're about to name check won't like the sound of that. Who is it? The Houston Houston Texans select Select, 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 Will Anderson
5: Anderson, Jr.
4: That'll be Will Anderson. Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. When you think about guys that have a lot of success, the sack production translates over multiple years. He has that. High motor player, plays hard. I don't know if there's a harder playing guy in the country, high football IQ. He can sit here and tell you and articulate all the messages that uh, his coach, Nick Saban, gave him while he was developing into the thing. And then the last part of it is he's just a certified baller. When you turn on the tape, your eyes are fixated on watching him make a play because if you see him make a play, something's going to happen with the ball and it's going to be a turnover. He's just a great, great player, and so he, he deserves to do it.
3: Such a great player that the Texans traded up to grab the Bama edge rusher third overall, of course, right after taking C.J. Stroud second overall. Okay, we're done with the D lineman, at Mm -hmm. least in this conversation. Take me to the cornerbacks. Take me to the secondary. Who's the first name off the board there? Devin Witherspoon.
4: Devin Witherspoon is the first name to come off the board. And Devin Witherspoon is a guy who's very, very balanced in his play. He can play press. He can play off technique. He can bail. He can play inside or outside, I meaning if you want him to play nickel, he can do that. He can blitz off the edge. He can do a bunch of different things. He is a guy who is very, very well schooled in playing the position. You can tell whoever has been the center of influence or whoever's talked has talked to him a lot about preparing to play the game and how to prepare at a high level. And I just think, man, when you you have what he has in front of him and he's able to kind of lurk and chase and those things, it'll be interesting
3: to see how this all winds up. Devin Witherspoon, uh, Seahawks made him the Illinois corner, the fifth overall pick, and the first D-back off the board. Now, the last name that you're going to talk about I find very interesting because this was a much maligned pick that the Detroit Lions made at 18. Talk to me about Jack Campbell. Linebacker, Iowa. So Jack Campbell is a guy
4: that, for whatever reason, people have really dogged the Detroit Lions in terms of making the selection of Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. But when you go and you look, beneath the surface, you do some digging. One of the best athletes at a position that you'll find. You just don't see guys who have, who, who possess his kind of length, his kind of athleticism, first step, quickness, burst, all of those things. True uh, Mike linebacker, but has some flex to go down and come off the edge and do that stuff. I would like to think that as you continue to, to, to build this thing out and you're looking at what Uh, you want in the middle of the defense. Well, you have Dan Campbell, you have Chris Spillman all in the building. You have John Dorsey, who was in the building, who was a former linebacker. So you think about all those voices talking about a thermostat leader, a temperature changer, someone that can kind of get it going for us. Well, he has that. And so because they have kind of transitioned from 4-3, 3-4, whatever it is, you can put him on the field. And even though Malcolm Rodriguez did great, uh, you're always looking for better. And so this, to
3: me, was a a nice value pick from – This team trying to get better, trying to play at a higher level. Translation, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And the impression that Bucky Brooks expects to see from Messers, Carter, Anderson, Witherspoon, and Campbell is both deep and dangerous.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
6: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime Kobe would win
4: a one-on-one concept. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like,
6: you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard and then on I'm top not of it, like that. like that,
5: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from
6: room crying, crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
1: what I told you? I
6: said, I said, OG, you think I can get
1: paid and go back and play in college because you didn't it.
3: This is NFL Total Access, the podcast, Andrew Levy with Bucky Brooks. And the next topic, spoiler alert. What are we spoiling? Well, the entire regular season narrative for the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills, two teams on Bucky Brooks. Brooks' resume, two teams he knows very well. Bucky, let's start with the Jags. You are reprising your role as the field analyst for Jags Radio, I can assume?
4: I am, I am, I am. I'm Duval till I die.
3: There you go. This is a team that appears to be headed in the right direction. Do your hopes for this team match up with your expectations of this team? Not talking schedule yet, just in general.
4: Yeah, I'm, look, my, my hopes and expectations line up. They line up because right now they're the best team in the division because they have the best quarterback. In the division, when you look, there hasn't been a lot of turnover on this team. The one thing that Doug Peterson has to work with them on, they got to be ready to play, meaning they have to be ready to play September 10th, like ready to rock and roll. And so some of that running you have to get on your own. Everybody is important. You can't worry about the scrimmages and those things. need everybody for uh, those games. But this schedule...
3: Well, let's look at that schedule. What are a couple of games that if you are a Jags player or coach, you are circling ahead of time that may be especially dramatic or defining?
4: Okay, so the first game, the first team, the Indianapolis Colts, is is very defining because they were able to pick themselves off the mat. So what I want to see is how did the Jaguars handle dealing with the Colts? The Colts have always been a nemesis. Yes, the Jags owned them at home at their spot. But that first game being on the road with the new Freakazoid quarterback and Anthony Richardson this would be a huge challenge for Jacksonville. But if they hold on to it, they have success, they can set a blueprint for others. Okay, to
3: so we're circling week one. Is there another game that you see? Obviously some very difficult opponents on this schedule. We see the Chiefs there, we see the Bills there, we see San Francisco yeah, there, so we see the Bengals there. What, what, what are you What are you circling in terms of defining so they, dramatic games? So there are
4: a handful of games that what you're describing, what we call measuring stick games. You're trying to see how good is your team. So week two, the Kansas City Chiefs, they will show us how good the Jags are when it comes to it. Uh, there's a stretch at the end of October, the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anyone who's been around those two teams know how the Pittsburgh Steelers can beat you up. They love it, they enjoy it, so we'll give them a nod. And then, I would say like, the last game that I'm really interested in was two of them. November 12th, week after Dubai, yep. San Francisco 49. Yep. They're, look, the cream of the crop. Yes, they are. In the and then Monday night. Monday night is made for the Stars. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals coming Bengals. Duval. Okay.
3: December 10th. Okay, me, so we have circled a few 4th, games. Now yeah. let's get to it. So, Bucky Brooks, crystal ball in hand. Take us up to the Jags by week in week nine. How do you see the first half of the Jags season going down? Hit me with it. Wins and losses.
4: Okay, here we go. So, we got Indianapolis Colts to win. KC might be an L. Houston, Atlanta—they get you the three and one for the first quarter. You now have the Buffalo Bills. Mm, let's see the ring. Let's 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 go one. So the next quarter we have, let's go three and one. And I'll say the Buffalo Bills—they may take an L, but they they knock off the Colts again.
3: Saves on a short week. Pittsburgh Steelers bye week. So they are six and two. Six and two. Six and two. Out the six through and two. their first eight games, and their reward for that is a bye week in week nine. This is a very hopeful prognostication for the Jags. I love it. Okay, so they come out of a bye week against a team you say is the Mm -hmm. cream of the crop in the NFC, and yet you pick the Cowboys, not the San Francisco 49ers, to be the Eagles' biggest threat. Take me through from week 10 to the end of the season for the Jacksonville Jags. How do they finish?
4: Okay, so this is tough. The, The litmus test will be the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone expects this team to be a Super Bowl contender. So, the Jacks fall short there. So, then we go 6-3, and three, uh, win against the Titans, win against the Texans, another measuring stick game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's flip the script and say they finally discover how to win that. The danger is the next week playing the Cleveland Browns Just sitting there in a hornet stance waiting for you. Let's give them an L against the Browns, but come back against a win against the Ravens, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, and then the Tennessee Titans. That's a tough one, but. Let's go to our fandom.
3: Okay. So that in review, we are looking at losses in weeks two to the Kansas City Chiefs and in week five to the Buffalo Bills in week 14 against the Browns. Yeah. And you have them losing in Week 10 to the 49ers, correct? So that's four. So that's four. We have a total of 13 wins and four losses. An improvement on last year when the Jags needed to sprint to the finish with that winning streak to get into the playoffs. Mm. A more comfortable season this time. 13 wins, four losses for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, that not only makes them an AFC South division winner, that puts them in the conversation for one of the top – two overall seeds in the AFC, but at the very least we are talking about a playoff hosting team we saw. Don't forget what we saw this team pull off in last year's playoffs with a home game in the second half of that incredible comeback against the Chargers.
4: The Chargers somehow snatched defeat from the hands of victory.
3: Are you tainted by connection to this team and fandom for this team, you started off by saying you are Duval till you die. Would you pass a lie detector test, Bucky Brooks, if I were to ask you that this 13-4 and 4 record that you have given me is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth?
4: I think this team fluctuates between 11 and 13 wins. Okay. So uh, so at the yeah.
3: very least, you say the floor is 11, the ceiling is 13. Mm-hmm. That is a very comfortable apartment to live in right now if you're a Jags fan heading in to the 2023 season. For more on the historic drama we saw in that incredible playoff comeback against the Bolts and what they'll do for an encore, here is Jags defensive end Roy Robertson Harris. <laughs>
2: All right, so let's get into this because the Jaguars exceeded expectations last year, of course, going from that last spot in the division to first in the AFC South. As you look ahead to next season, what are the conversations like in the building on how to reinforce that what happened last season was not by chance?
6: Well, we're not doing too much talking. Um, Mm. You know, we're just just going, going, you know, a day at a time, stacking days, you know, being in the building with the guys, it feels good. Um, Everybody has the same goal in mind, so we're just going for that goal.
2: Roy said, we're not talking about it. We're just going to be about it. I love that mentality, especially because when you think of how last year went for you guys, an epic comeback season started at, that week 14 on a run of six straight wins, including that come from behind victory against the Chargers in the wild card round. At what moment in the middle of all of that were you guys thinking, hey, you know what? We got this.
6: Well, I feel like every game we have it, we, uh, we have that, you know, that mindset, we're going into every game uh, that we want to win, um, but that game was, that was probably the craziest game of my <laughs> career. Um, i say it was the, the most fun I've had playing ball, uh, that game in particular, uh, but just being able to battle with my guys and, um, you know, there was no quit, you know, everybody just kept going, everybody did their job and we just, we just kept fighting to, to the end.
2: Yeah, it was one of those core memory-engaged moments for you guys, for sure. Now, the divisional round, very different story, of course. It's always tough facing the Chiefs. But you got another shot at the defending champs this coming season in Week 2. I would imagine there's got to be even more motivation for that one.
6: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Any t- anytime you get a chance to, to play Kansas City, it's a good opportunity uh, to compete. Um, obviously, the 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 best uh, being that they're the champs. Um, but just being able to compete with those guys every uh, – I want to say every season, but um, you know, just being able to compete with those guys in general is, is always fun.
2: So that's week two of the 2023 season. Let's dive a little deeper into your schedule because weeks four and five, you guys get double duty extended time in London. How are you preparing? You're no stranger to this. How are you preparing for that long two-week trip overseas?
6: Just getting extra sleep, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, just, getting, <laughs> just getting extra rest um hydrating a little bit more just going over uh over over the, the pond is gonna be uh it's gonna be fun it's it's fun getting the opportunity to play over there but to uh, be over there for two weeks um that's that's gonna be different but it's just a little bit extra rest hydration everybody will be good we'll be ready to play
1: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Bucky Brooks. And the next topic is something that is eerily familiar that on the banks of the Lake Erie, football dreams go to dazzle and then to die. Disappointing performance all around in this game. We're talking about the Bills of course. Bucky, is the Super Bowl window still open for the Buffalo Bills or have their best hopes for a title already passed them by?
4: It's it's barely open. It's just cracked. It's almost like sneaking in and, and kind of checking and make sure your kids are all in the house when they're supposed to at curfew. So, You see them there, but it's just a little crack. It's not all the way closing. so I'm going to give them a chance to do it. Ken Dorsey has a lot of pressure on him, second-year offensive coordinator. This offense didn't flow and click like it did under Brian Dayball, so some changes have to be made to help Josh Allen play his best from the pocket.
3: Now, normally I would have you circle the games to – you know, dramatic and defining games. There are a number of them on this schedule, but I'm just going to point to one in particular. It seems to a lot of those of us watching, you called it before it happened, that the Cincinnati Bengals are a team that seem to have the Buffalo Bills number. So we are looking at week nine, and if you're a Bills fan, if you're a Bills player, a Bills coach, you are definitely circling the away game in Cincinnati in week nine against the Bengals. Let's get to that in a moment Bucky Brooks, tarot cards are out. The fortune teller Mm. lights and the music are on. Take us up to Bill's bye week in week 13. So how do you see the first dozen games for the Mafioso going down?
4: All right, so it's going to be a lot of energy in the building when they play the Jets. So they lose to the Jets on the road, come back, get on track against the the Raiders, knock off the Commanders. Uh, The Miami Dolphins at home goes to Buffalo. The Jaguars would be tough for them because they have to travel out there, so that could go to the Jags. So we got two games, losing streak, get back on track against the Giants, take care of business the Patriots, uh, the Buccaneers on a quick week, they win that. Cincinnati, the
3: rivalry in Cincinnati, let's go Cincinnati on that. Then you've got the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton's scheme, Russell Wilson's buy-in, no excuses by week 10. This, we assume, is Mm -hmm. going to be the best version of the 2023 Denver Broncos that we will face, but the Broncos are traveling. It's not at Mile High. It is at Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. It's November. I don't think weather will be an issue, but you're pausing on this one. What is your pause for concern? Oh,
4: man, cause of concern is I'm looking at a tough stretch with uh, the Bengals, the Jets, the Eagles. Like, what can we hope for out of that four-game stretch? Are we hoping for a 2-2 two and two mark, a 3-1 and one mark? Yeah, let's put a finer point
3: there. on that. Bucky is yes. looking at weeks 9, 10, 11, and 12. In week 9, of course, it That's is a way to the Bengals. Week 10, back home to face The Denver Broncos. Week 11, stay at home to face the New York Jets, who, according to you, Mm -hmm. the Bills have already taken an L2 in Week 1 on Monday night. And then Week 12, you're on the road again to face the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. That is a tough stretch. Come on. The mic's on you. What do you got?
4: So when I think about this stretch, so let's say they they win against the the Jets, they win against the Broncos, they lose to the Eagles.
3: Okay, So. so now at the... After 12 weeks of play, through 12 games, that's four losses on the schedule. This is an eight and four team. Maybe not the Super Bowl run Mm -hmm. that we expected. That we hoped for and that we thought we were seeing at the beginning of last season, but eight and four puts them in a very, very good position heading into the bye week. Now they have a very difficult five-game yeah, stretch no, to stretch. finish the season. Tough Brooks, do they? Fi- I know you're going to finish strong. The question is, do the Bills finish strong? Uh, take me to the end, weeks 14 through 18. Here goes,
4: coming out of the bye. Despite the extra work, they lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. They find a way to get it done. The Dallas Cowboys have always been a
3: nemesis for the Buffalo Bills, so they lose again. So a two-game losing streak out of the bye week, and that comes on the heels of a loss on the road heading into the bye week. So So right now the media is blowing up Josh Allen, is blowing blowing up up Sean McDermott, is blowing up probably this offensive line. You still haven't fixed it. It's year six now. Mm -hmm. All of these narratives are alight. They are flying around the ether, but all is not lost.
4: No, so now we get back on track against the Chargers. Uh, Josh Allen takes care of business against the Patriots. And then to think about this team having to go on the road and win down in South Florida. It'll be tough, but they'll get it done.
3: Okay, so that leaves them 11-6. and, six. Ooh, 11 and six An 11-win season, six losses. But But we have seen the Buffalo Bills streak to the playoffs with better records than that and then falter. At the final hurdle, at Mm -hmm. their final hurdle, whenever it came. So maybe this is, in some ways, an oddly more promising endeavor to go 11-6, and to go ahead and carry the doubts with you throughout the regular season so that you can answer those doubts and erase those doubts when you need to most in the playoffs. So final record for the Bills, 11-6. and six. Now, guys, I had promised you Jordan Poyer today. We had hoped to be joined by Jordan Poyer today, but the Bills' safety simply couldn't make it work. We will reschedule that as soon as we can. But with that in mind, I want to thank today's very special guest, Bucky Brooks, and I want to invite the listener to join us on Friday. We will be back Friday for 2023 NFL Predictions So Bold You might be tempted to call them guarantees. I'll guarantee you this. It's going to be one hell of a fun ride one way or another. That's on Friday. Till then, ciao for now. (music) NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.